Welcome to another episode of the Box Jumper Podcast. It's been a while, and I'm back once again here to talk about fitness and health. I'm your host, John Sainamond. I'm a 40-something CrossFit athlete, trainer, and weightlifting coach from Bedford, Nova Scotia, Canada. If you like geeking out on fitness and health, you can follow me on Facebook or Instagram with the handle at boxjumperover40. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, please be sure to subscribe or follow in your app so you get the next episode automatically. Now, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Um, normally, I'm joined by a guest, uh, and today it's going to be a little bit different. I'm, it's just going to be me talking off the top of my head about something I've been keeping an eye on over the past couple of months, and that is the rise of the bat. If that immediately makes sense to you, you may be watching some of the same YouTube channels that I've been watching to keep track of what's going on in the world of CrossFit. If it doesn't, don't worry, I'm going to fill you in. In 10 seconds, I'll give you my take on Andrew Hiller, the dark night of no reps and holding judges, athletes, and event organizers accountable. Is he friend or is he foe to CrossFit? All right, so this is going to be uh, a little bit of an off-the-cuff discussion, and since I don't have a guest um, to uh, to react to and, and discuss this, uh, hopefully this format is going to work okay. Um, if you've been watching what's going on in the CrossFit space, and in particular, um, really starting about four months ago or so, um, early on during the Open, um, Andrew Hiller started posting on his YouTube channel, far more frequently than he ever had before. Um, so just as we were getting into the new year and leading into and including the Open, uh, Andrew Hiller started posting videos talking about uh, what's been being done, what's being done right, what's being done wrong. So before I get into some of the, the salient points of what he brings up over the course of his many, many videos, sometimes multiple a day, um, let's just talk about who Andrew Hiller is. First of all, he's a very fit dude. He's a uh, he's a former affiliate owner. Um, he has been to regionals as an individual and on a team. He participated in semifinals uh, as an individual in 2021. So he's no stranger to the to the sport of CrossFit. And as an affiliate owner, he's also no stranger to the everyday CrossFitter who's in the gym just to be healthy. Uh, and he's been pretty clear on the distinction between everyday CrossFit and competition. And he recognizes and regularly talks about the distinction and standards between the two. So why am I talking about him? Well, um, he, he's made a number of videos that has uh, caught the, the attention of a number of people in the CrossFit space um, because he's come out very uh, passionately uh, to discuss things that he's seeing in the space um, that are worthy of discussion. So as an easy example, um, you know, when we go into uh, an event like the Open where the truly elite athletes are then completing their workouts, they're leaderboarding, they're watching how they're, how they're uh, doing, and there's a, a deadline by which to make a submission of their, uh, their video of their workout and their score, um, there's been an, an, a number of issues over the course of this year's Open in particular. And with 
the athletes submitting videos, he's, he's looked at a variety of them, and there were some things that wound up not looking great um, because people's scores were being validated and staying on the leaderboard when certain things were missed, whether it was uh, movement standards not being strictly adhered to or at least not really um, being completed in the spirit of, of the way that the rule book is written, um, whether the, you know, in, in the quarterfinals case, whether there were shuttle runs that were not being counted correctly and adjustments were not appropriately made to uh, individual athlete scores, and whether or not that had an impact on where people fell on the leaderboard, which, you know, for the elite athletes in the CrossFit space really matters. Um, you know, it has a, a big sway on what kind of audience they have. These Many of these athletes are looking to make the transition to become professional athletes in a sport that hasn't yet achieved the kind of recognition um, and sponsorship dollars uh, that are common in other professional sports. And so these incremental changes in their position within the CrossFit space and in this ecosystem makes a big difference to what kind of audience and what kind of eyeballs are on them. And so if they don't make the leap to quarterfinals or they don't go from quarterfinals to semifinals when there's a legitimate case to be made for them to have made that transition um, that's that can hold an athlete back and you know they only get another shot at it a year later um, if the path is um, entirely through the open so these are things that he has brought up in a number of his videos and some of the main things that uh, Andrew has really pointed out and I think quite validly is that consistency and the proper application of standards are good for the sport. Um, pointing out that if an athlete has not completed a rep correctly, whether they're at the top of their, their muscle up and they're not fully supported uh, on uh, at the top of that muscle up, um, you know, or, or whether they've gone below parallel fully on uh, a pistol or a squat, or whether their, their uh, butt has come off the bench during a bench press. These are all things that are written in the rule book as required of the athletes, and that's one of the reasons that you know they're required to have a judge in the room watching them. And, and whether that judge feels comfortable no-repping an athlete of that caliber is a whole separate question, but that's one of the reasons that athletes at this level are also required to submit a video, so that if they are challenged on what their score is, they have a video to back them up, and CrossFit has the ability to review it. Now, whether or not all uh, submitters of their scores have videos is a little questionable because not every athlete has a video associated with their uh, with their submission that is visible to the outside world. But when Andrew viewed a bunch of the videos that had been submitted, whether he found them on his own or whether they were sent to him, he was able to identify that there were some inconsistencies in the application of the rules in the room. Um, so things that were being called good reps by the, the judge in the room, not necessarily, at least based on the video, um, being appropriate reps, um, or things that were after subsequent video review, still being validated, despite the fact that it seemed rather clear that a particular movement didn't meet the standard. I'm not Nerf affiliate. I'm not judging her reps because if I were judging her reps, I'd say that one doesn't count, that one doesn't count, and then she'd probably get really mad at me. And then there'd be people all over the place everywhere getting mad at me. And they're probably going to get mad at me just for watching this video because Danny Spiegel has 800,000 followers and I'm just some dude in his garage talking shit on the internet and... This one matters. So I always say how it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter! 
final! But this one really does matter. It's the quarterfinals. There's people who are like, I have constant conversations with somebody who's just freaking out about possibly making quarterfinals. And if this type type of stuff is going to slide by to get people into the quarterfinals, like if they don't adjust the time here, then that's a big issue. If they don't possibly dock her points, time points, because of her muscle-ups not counting, that's going to be a big issue. Because the athlete that I'm talking to, I know the athlete that I'm talking to takes great pride in their repetitions. Making sure that she's getting up over the top of the ring. This is a person who was very close to the cut line last year. So this is a big issue for everybody. And if you can't deal with people like Danny Spiegel, who put her video on the internet, and maybe she should just put them on listed. So I can't do this right here, right now. But it's good that she did this right here, right now, so that we can address it and hopefully get it fixed before everything's over. I know she can't redo the workout. That's the idea of the timestamps. So what sort of judgment is going to be made by CrossFit? That's up to them. I'm making the video right now so the judgment can be issued. I appreciate very much this video being sent to me, and I appreciate everybody who is on Instagram going, bet, 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 bet. Send the Batman his way. If you don't do your reps right, I'm coming for you. Recognition and respect of those standards by athletes is part of the professionalization of the sport. Um, it maintains fairness, it, and the accountability for those standards goes right to the top. And in this case, it's not just the community that gets to see whether or not these athletes are completing the movements and, and the workouts to meet the standard. CrossFit itself winds up having to go through a review process. Now, that is a gargantuan task because of the number of people that participate in the open and move on from one stage to the next. When you think about the, the you know, the top 10% of athletes moving on from the open into quarterfinals, that's a huge number. Um, you know, you're talking 30,000 or more participants moving on, and then there's a percentage of those that move on to quarterfinals. So while the number gets whittled down as, uh, as we go, there is a greater importance that the right people wind up moving in from one stage to the next. It's a big net that is cast with the open, and um, it's and realistically, it's a fairly large net that is cast with quarterfinals as well. And that's why the the level of scrutiny that goes into the videos that are submitted by the athletes winds up being so important. Um, you know. It, any introduction of subjectivity to standards um, is a risk. It, it provides inconsistency across workouts and provides opportunity for errors or misreads. Uh, and these are things that we want to make sure are avoided. The more standardization, the more everyone moves to meet that particular standard, the better. And that's one of the challenges with the way that this particular kind of event works. The first two stages of uh, the CrossFit Games are online. And even though there's a judge in the room that is ultimately supposed to be responsible for uh, administering the, the standard and in upholding the standard, they're not just there to count reps. They are supposed to be looking, they're supposed to really know the standards of each of the movements inside out and know how to enforce those movements. Uh, and that's not just a matter of counting the reps for the athlete. The other component of that is the video submission. CrossFit has very specific criteria on what needs to be visible within the, the view of the camera at all times, which, you know, 10 years ago might have been a bit of a pain, but these days the, the prevalence uh, and really high quality video coming from uh, our phones is off the charts. And so it makes it very likely that submitting an, 
uh, an appropriate video that meets a standard as long as you take the care to ensure that you are displaying what you need to display in that video, uh, it shouldn't be that hard. Um, and, you know, th this the standardization applies not just to the athletes, but to the judges. I mean, that, that integrity, the consistency and officiating in professional sport is a vital part of what makes it high caliber and what lends to making that sport professional. And so, you know, we very often see that level of professionalism being uh, used in the CrossFit games. Uh, and what I think Andrew has brought up with a number of his videos is that there needs to be a, a trickle-down effect, a professionalism further down the chain, so that these types of inconsistencies don't have a negative impact on the sport moving forward. Um, it's not like everything is irredeemably broken. I think what Andrew has really pointed out is that there are a lot of opportunities that are being missed to make correct to take corrective action so that uh, a lot of these things can be improved over time. I, I think the, the difference here is I think Andrew has a degree of impatience with these particular issues still being in place. And I, I do understand that. Um, there, there's a lot to be said for ensuring that these standards are met so that everyone feels like they are being validated with the way that they are conducting themselves on the competition floor. And live and in-person competition is markedly different than doing a one-on-one -on -one video judge and athlete submission for an ostensibly online competition, whether it's worldwide or not, whether or not the scrutiny level gets higher as you move through this these online stages, there's a different standard that, that's being applied there because it's a smaller stage. The, the, there's an opportunity, at least during the open, there's an opportunity for them to redo. There really isn't an opportunity for them to redo um, when it comes to the quarterfinals. They have a much narrower window, and they have more workouts to complete within that time frame, so it's not realistic to expect them to uh, to redo. So that means that the, stand, the bar has to be that much higher for the athlete to complete the workout to meet the standard the first time out. Unless something goes horribly wrong, way off the rails, and they wind up having to do it again, I think for most of these athletes it winds up being a one-and-done thing. Anyone that is uh, entirely dismissive of Andrew's criticism may be missing the point. I think what Andrew has done is, in a couple of videos, he's, he's made sure that he's stated that he's not attacking a particular athlete or a training camp or a gym. He's trying to dispassionately view all athletes as equal um, through a common lens and emphasizing that these are movement standards that we should all strive for. Um, you know, a good rep should look like a good rep for a variety of level of athletes, but the 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 best reps should be what you see from these top-level athletes. And that's not necessarily what we're always seeing um, because the standards are, are being inconsistently applied to athletes in different areas. Well, there's a couple of reasons that I bring up this video. Number one is that there are the best movers in the sport right here. And Jason Kalipa, although he's moving a little bit more aggressively than Froning is here, he's still hitting the ranges of motion. The ones that are brought up by CrossFit every single year, which is that you squat to depth, you, you come to extension overhead, you're extended at the hips, the knees, the barbells over your midline, and your elbows are extended at the top of the rep. And Froning even does that thing where he pauses at the top. He self-admitted that at some point in time that it wasn't so much just to make everything easier for him, but it was so that he 
didn't have to worry about hitting the movement standards. The sport has come a long way and everyone's trying to go a little bit quicker. The issue that's coming into play is that that extension at the top is becoming flawed. Now, what I brought up here is that Froning got the best score in the world at that point in time on that particular workout right there in front of everybody. Uh, Josh Bridges might have beaten him by a couple, but he was still right there. And then, yeah, there was a clip where Froning took off his shirt, and I want to throw it in there because that was a big moment in CrossFit history. But I also wanted to bring that up because it can give you a better representation of what it looks like at full extension with his shirt off. You can see that his hips are extended. You can see that at the top of the rep, his head is driven through the bar, and he even has an extension to the shoulder blade. So there's a very, very good and good picture picture of extension. At the regional, you'll hear Adrian Bosman himself say that when they're looking for good repetitions, it would be as if you were to take a snapshot of the picture in the point A position and the point B position. So point A of the thruster is you're at the bottom of the rep, the bar's on your shoulders, your hips below the crease of your knee, and at the top of the rep, you're a straight line from a side profile. Your elbows are extended, your head is through the bar, and this is spoken by the head judge of CrossFit himself. I think this raises the opportunity for improvement. There's been a variety of different uh, people weigh in, not just Andrew, but um, other people have weighed in on this as well. So Chase Ingram, Brian Friend, a variety of articles on the Morning Chalk Up, they have all provided a number of actionable changes that could be made, not pure criticisms, but actionable changes that could ch help chart a path forward to make judging and the standards applied to these online workouts more consistent so that uh, the right people wind up where they're supposed to be, and um, the the review process is fair and consistent for all athletes. I think it raises a couple of different interesting opportunities. Uh, the The idea of a separate elite division um, within the open, where the athletes pay a little bit more to be part of that, and the and there's a a, a different standard held for the judge that is supposed to be in the room for that particular athlete. Uh, I mean, they've always had uh, a rule where the person, ha for an elite athlete anyway, if they're making a video submission, the judge on the floor in the video with them has to be somebody that has passed the judge's course. But the judge's course is not a terribly complicated course um, if you have a sense of movement. And I think what we find is even though there are well-meaning athletes um, that volunteer their time to be judges in their respective gyms, it's it's still difficult to no-rep your friend or no-rep an elite-level athlete that is performing uh, to the highest capabilities um, possible on these workouts, but still not quite meeting the standard. Um, do you want to be the person that tells them no-rep? The responsibility is the judges to make sure that they know that they've missed a rep because they don't want to get a, a review of their video that then winds up penalizing them and dropping them down further. The athlete would benefit from that no rep in the moment if there, or at the very least a verbal warning. If you're doing wall balls and you haven't gotten deep enough in your squat, uh, a quick verbal warning from the judge, get deeper on the next one, not deep enough. Whether you no-rep them on that one rep, if it was just on the borderline, I mean, if it's obviously above, then you no-rep them. But if they're right on the border and you want them to get lower to make damn sure that anyone going through the review process feels that your judgment of that movement was rock solid, you need to make those, those cues. Uh, you need to be able to give those warnings to the athlete. And without the, the, the ability to do that, if they don't feel comfortable doing that, then the athlete will skirt the, the rules. They will 
only get down as deep as they absolutely need to in order to pass as a rep. And while that technically meets the standard, I, I think we can do better. And I think that's one of the things that Andrew has brought up in a number of the, the video reviews that he has done, calling out uh, movement standards, calling out the viewing angle that is uh, being used to provide video evidence of that movement being completed or the workout being completed. There are standards for all of these things, and uh, you've got a couple of layers of opportunity of review. The, you've got the people in the room that have to make sure that the uh, that the submission or that the workout has been done correctly. The athlete certainly has an opportunity to review the video before they submit it, and so they can hold themselves to a higher standard as well. If the if the judge in the moment didn't do it, well, that athlete sure as hell knows what good movement looks like, and if they submit something that really doesn't pass the smell test, then that's on them as well because they had an opportunity to review it before it was uploaded. And then finally, you've got the review process coming from CrossFit itself, whether that's done with a huge team internally or whether they find a way to um, distribute the, the ownership of that review process or at least layer the review process so that they can get through more of those videos in a shorter amount of time so that the deadlines that they have for the review process and finalizing the leaderboard to move on to the next stage are not impacted. Those are all things that need to be worked out. Um, could penalties be more proactively uh, identified? Um, can you speculate as to what the different things are that an athlete could do wrong and itemize what the penalties for those things would be in advance? Um, it doesn't seem like there's a, a huge amount of transparency around how those penalties are established and then how they are communicated. Um, so I think that those are one of the things that we could do very easily. The, you know, there are pre-recorded demo videos that ensure that standards are explained and they're, and they're explained visually because they're, they're providing examples and they go through the same depth, uh, in the documentation. And these are on YouTube. So closed captioning can provide translation to a variety of languages. So that benefits international athletes as well. So why did, why did this year in the quarterfinals, did it mean that shuttle runs were done incorrectly by so many athletes? Um, that's ultimately on them for getting it wrong. I, I've looked at the documentation. I saw the videos. It seems like everything was adequately demonstrated and explained. Um, but importantly, CrossFit didn't uphold that particular rule. So instead of a shuttle run being counted as down and back, they counted down as one and back as two. And so some people did it correctly and some people did the full uh, down and back for each rep. And that makes a huge difference to finish times. Um, and, you know, Andrew was able to demonstrate with just some simple math that it did, in fact, on this particular workout, make a difference, not to a huge number of athletes, but a small number of athletes positioned on the overall leader leaderboard vying for those final qualification spots to move on would have been affected. And that's not a small deal. As I mentioned earlier, these are athletes that are looking for that larger stage to make their impact, um, not just for personal glory, but to, to make a career of uh, where they're headed with, with uh, their fitness in the CrossFit space. And so whether it's the work to be completed or the standard of the movement not being applied to an individual rep to be counted, the impact is ultimately similar. And, and Hiller is absolutely right to call them out on that, while also pointing out that the very best movers have demonstrated clearly that it can be done. One example that he provided was Pat Vellner. He's right. Pat Vellner is a stellar mover. 
There's never even an inkling of a no-rep in the way that he moves. Full lockout, unquestionable depth in his squat, full range of motion on whatever he's performing. On the women's side, somebody that immediately comes to mind that I've always found was a good mover was Sam Briggs. Yo, so today we're going to break this stuff up and I keep on making the no rep supercuts and this is fucked up and that is fucked up. But today we're going to go reverse course and with reverse course, we're going to address something that is good. It's the way things should be and the poster child and the person that we're going to pump up and make look good is very deserving of it. His name is Patrick Vellner. You may have known him. You may have known him because he's finished second at the CrossFit Games a couple times, third at the CrossFit Games a couple times. I think he took a ninth and amongst those, he has always posted every single freaking in one of his open workouts. He's posted his quarterfinal events. He's posted his tests, you know, the test that they had for the Atlas game. So it was semifinals. Last year, COVID season, he posted all of those for the entire world to see. That's more than any single athlete has done ever, to my knowledge. The goal of all of this was to show that there is some good. There's a lot of good left. But if CrossFit keeps going the way that it's going, people like Patrick Vellner are going to become extinct. He's no longer being rewarded for doing things the right way. He's actually being punished because he's going to see some stuff on the internet where there are people who are having blurred standards and they're not going to get penalized and go what the hell why would I try that hard to make it look that good if they're not going to get penalized it's a slow burn right but it's been a slow burn for a long time we can say that it happens when CrossFit says things like they show the capacity to do the shit but they're not doing anything they're not doing it the right way so they should force them to do things the right way and if not then they should you know ding them more harshly so they possibly don't make it to whatever round they have to make it to think Josh Bridges on 17.4 maybe it was 16.4 but it was the one with the deadlifts where it showed that maybe it didn't even show, but because he was using the wrong camera with a fisheye lens, you couldn't tell if he was extending his hip at the top of the reps. Was he doing it? It doesn't matter because with the evidence that he provided CrossFit, he wasn't doing it. And CrossFit did the right thing and they gave him a major penalty on that workout, which moved him down quite a bit. They need to do a couple more of score invalidations to just get rid of the people's names who shouldn't be there. It can no longer matter what your name is. If your name is big, you should be even more afraid so that you move as good as Patrick Vellner. Be afraid and scared into the fact that you need to be doing things the best you can. And if you aren't as fit as you claim to be, and you should be in the positions that you're trying to get into, that's it. And what we can see is Patrick Vellner, I believe that he actually practices these things. I think it's part of the Decacomp program is that they emphasize moving as well as you can on certain things. And I actually also believe why it's a lot of these people are as healthy for as long as they are. Because when you do things that the right way and you shorten the range of motion, think of those people with the horribly rounded over shoulders. It's probably because all they ever do is half reps on a bench press and they never even themselves out. So one, they're doing half ranges of motion, which is going to shorten the muscles in two. They just bench press too much. Main point of this video, Patrick Vellner is probably the best mover in the sport, in my opinion. And he's the best mover with probably the worst levers. He's a good deadlifter, but he's got long ass arms, which makes it really hard for him to do a lot of these things. Shorter your limbs, the easier a lot of this stuff is, with the exception of possibly deadlifts. Doesn't use it as an excuse. He still moves as good as you could possibly imagine, upholds the standards, does the video submission the right way. And this should be what CrossFit does is say, hey, post these videos. And the further away they look from a Patrick Vellner video, the more likely you are to have your score invalidated. I'll also point out the, the magnificent quality of video submissions from another Canadian Games athlete, Brent Fikowski. His submissions for the 2021 Open in particular were the gold standard for how to ensure that things were captured correctly on video for scrutiny after the fact. If you want to see it in action, have a look at his video submissions for the Open last year. They were a masterclass in ensuring that everything could be seen. Um, and his movement was exceptional. Um, no shortcuts, no iffy reps. The one that really blew me away was 21.1. That was the, the wall walks and the double unders workout that we all loved so much. Uh, 
he he and his enti- his clock were entirely in frame for the the video from start to finish from an angle that allowed you to see that the judge had the best angle to be able to view him at the same time while performing the wall walks um he had tape lines on the floor that contrasted uh completely with the mat that he was using um to protect himself in the event that he were to come down too fast uh no music at all so not only could you see the double unders being successfully completed but if you just close your eyes you could count them in your head because you heard the rope hit twice every time on every jump so it was exactly what you want for a verification video and that's what you want you want something so bulletproof that every that you know everyone is going to be judging that you can leave no doubt so i think the 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 means the, andrew has a, a a way about him he he's very blunt he's very direct but he's also not mean in any of the the videos that i've seen he's been um very clear that while some of the the videos that he's been critiquing have been from these top level athletes, um, there there's sort of two things. One is he's just looking at the movement. He doesn't care who he's looking at. If the movement is good, fine. If the movement isn't good, well, that's another matter. But secondly, it's not that he's looking at them specifically because they're top level athletes. It's that because they're top level athletes, their movement first of all gets drawn into scrutiny um, because they should move like professional athletes and they should be able to meet the standard quite readily because of how good they are at what they do. Um, But they wind up with that extra eyeball, set of eyeballs on them because of their position in the CrossFit space. If you didn't know who Brent Fikowski was, then you may not look at his video with the same lens. But if you know that he's a multiple-time uh, podium finisher and, you know, he's, he's so consistent, he's been to the games a number of times, that's one of the reasons that you look at his videos and you look to see, okay, is his movement good? And the answer is unequivocally yes. And there are other athletes coming from other training camps that wind up under similar scrutiny because of the name recognition that they have, because they've been to the the games multiple times. And there are instances where the movements haven't been so good. And so I, I think it's valid criticism that has nothing to do with who they are. It has to do with everyone should be treated with the same standard. Their movement should be viewed with the same lens. And I think Andrew is right in pointing that out and, and calling on CrossFit and judges in the space and the athletes themselves to demand better so that everyone has an equal shot at performing to the best of their ability and doing so to meet the standard that has been laid out by CrossFit for every event. Um, I think things have gone fairly well with semifinals. There's still been, I've been watching quite a number of the semifinals and there's still been a few reps that were questionable that got through, but then there were other uh, there were plenty of no reps that were given out that were, um, you know, d- made right there on the fly. It's it's difficult to judge in person when you don't get to slow the video down, rewind, watch it again, really pick it apart. So live competition, the the emphasis and the and the stress on the judge is fairly high, and I think they've been doing a pretty good job. Can all judges um, elevate the standard to which athletes are held? 
Yes, they are part of the the ability to do that. But I think the athletes themselves have to want to move better. I think they have to want to have their movement be so bulletproof that criticisms are are unlikely to come up and have anything to do with their placement on the leaderboard. It should have to do with their performance. And above all, I think that's what Andrew Hiller and Chase Ingram, Brian Friend, Savan, they've all made many comments about the fact that these standards have to be more rock solid for the community to really benefit. And so when you see when you're watching various different uh, videos of movement, particularly from high level CrossFit athletes, and you see the little the little uh, bat emoticon that appears in the uh, in the comment section, that's exactly what that is. Is that saying they think that he should have a look at what this is, but he is going in with uh, a fairly objective view, or at least he's trying to have as an as an objective view as he possibly can, so that. Everyone is treated fairly. Remember, it's never about taking down an individual. It's about getting the message across that you just need to be better. We recognize great movement when we see it, and we recognize movement that isn't so hot when we see it, and we want to make sure that it's, that the great movement is what's moving through to the higher levels, especially among these elite athletes that are vying to become the fittest on earth. So what will we hear next from Andrew Hiller? Well, he's he's been on the Savan podcast a number of times and, and participated in some roundtable discussions, um, doing some recaps of what's going on in the semifinals. So I know that um, we're going to hear an awful lot more uh, as a result of the, the rise of, of uh, his channel and, and the discussions that he has had with a number of athletes. And athletes are reaching out to him and asking for, for his help to advocate for better movement and, and fairness in the space. So um, I th- in my view anyway, I think what Andrew has done is um, sh- he's shined a spotlight on things that I think athletes of all levels genuinely care about. And if we want to see CrossFit continue to grow, I think these, these types of things, they're not mean-spirited criticisms, but they're valid criticisms. It's never something that can't be fixed. Um, Andrew has been very quick to point out things that could be done to improve uh, the overall situation. And I think that's what what is most interesting when I watch his videos. Um, so check out his channel. Uh, give him a listen. Uh, certainly jump on to the Savan podcast and, and listen to that as well when, uh, whenever Andrew is on. I mean, listen to Savan anyway. He's, he's, his content is gold. Keep plugged in to what's happening within the CrossFit space. I think the discussions that are being had and, and some of the discussions that Andrew has sparked because he's he's been so critical of some of the things that have happened over the course of the last couple of months, I think some changes are coming. I think uh, there, there's um, a necessary shift that, that is occurring, whether it would have happened naturally on its own. I think ultimately, hopefully, they, it still would have happened. But I think the fire is now lit. And, um, you know, I, I think... Andrew is one of the, the chief architects of that movement to see things change a little bit more rapidly for the benefit of the athletes. So I, for one, will keep watching his videos, and I hope he keeps that great content coming. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. So that's it. That's my rant. Um, That's it for this episode of the Box Jumper Podcast. 
Be sure to subscribe and tune in for the next one. Uh, hopefully it won't be a whole lot longer before I have another guest back on so you're not listening to me ramble for 30 minutes. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Until then, stay healthy, wad happy, and wad often.